Hello, friends, and welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake. I'm Soltis. Joining me in the nexus between realities are my friends and fellow trans-dimensional beings, Beaches, Lumberdor, and Doug. Continuing with our list of Halloween movie recommendations, we have one from Doug, the 2011 American slasher film, You're Next. The movie is directed and edited by Adam Wingard, written by Simon Barrett, and starring Sharnee Vinson, Nicholas Tucci, Wendy Glenn, A.J. Bowen, Joe Swanberg, Barbara Crampton, and Rob Moran. The story concerns an estranged family that comes under attack by a group of masked murderers during a family reunion. Your Next premiered at the 2011 Toronto International Film Festival Midnight Madness program and was released theatrically on August 23, 2013 in the United States. The film grossed over $26 million from a $1 million production budget and has since gained a cult following. As usual, there will be spoilers. So if you plan on watching Your Next, I would recommend stopping the transmission, go see it for yourself, and then come back to the discussion. If you enjoy our conversations and would like to either contribute or get in contact with us, consider visiting our website at ourmidnightcake.com. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this. Like I it's didn't know really movie. what to think about it or I didn't know anything about it. That's the way to go into it is knowing nothing. Yeah. It's fun if you don't know what's going to happen because it's a movie that is all about subverting expectations it like it know these people know what horror movies are they know what horror fans expect and so they take that and they screw with it <laughs> but this is not a ryan johnson subversion of expectations <laughs> this is actually done well yeah they know what will delight audiences like their fan base so they do it in ways that are fun <laughs> Such as just Instead getting just things out of the, the way at the beginning and, you know, don't even bother with the whole, is there a kid? No, there's a killer. Here he is. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that. Yeah. And we don't have to go into everybody's backstory or understand everything about these characters. You know, we know that there's a well-to-do family. The kids don't seem to get along and there, there's some family tension, but they're coming together for the anniversary. And kind of for the sake of the mom. The mom is kind mm-hmm. of the anchor. Like she loves them all. They all love the mom. They'll show up for her to do this. And you just get it all from the way that they interact. Like they don't have to spell it all out for you. There's not some long drawn out. Oh yeah, they're, they're all a-holes. <laughs> the little quip from the older brother, I guess, or the at least the one that- What was, this guy uh, had against filmmakers. I don't know. You think this was the filmmaker like like putting some of his own angst in there about things he had heard? <laughs> oh, maybe. The guy that plays Tariq that he's making fun of is Ty West, who directed The Innkeepers, mm. which is a fun horror movie. I love The um, Innkeepers. Sacrament. Uh, the Innkeepers is so much fun. And he also did House of the Devil, which is um, more of a serious kind of throwback kind of horror movie. It's like, it's one oh, of those. That's interesting. I didn't know slow- that. It's such a slow burn, but then at the end, it just like punches you in the face. And so it was funny that they made him like this hipster filmmaker because that's kind of what he is. 
but they all know each other in the cast. So they're able to like play off that, you know, and have this improvisational kind of play going on. Do you watch the films underground? (laughs) 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 What a jerk. (laughs) He's such a dick. And you feel bad when you get shot in the back. I enjoyed the setup that they had, especially with things like, like the camera. You know, they established that, okay, she has a camera, you know, is there along and is wanting to document and try and be helpful and fit in with this family and then uses it later to document her murder of the murderer. <laughs> Blind him. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's, that's clever. I can get behind that. Yeah. So I had, um, I read this bloody disgusting that the thing that's like a 10 year retrospective. So they did this movie 10 years ago in 2011 but its theatrical release was more around 2013 that's when it got a broader release like it was successful in the festival circuit Lionsgate bought the rights sometimes takes these things a while to actually get distributed though you know I saw it more at that time like around like 2014 is probably when I saw it yeah but this uh this retrospective was saying that you know this home it was like an elderly couple was trying to sell this home and they basically worked out a deal with them that said like we will fix up this house if you let us film a movie here. So it's like they had a month to film a movie in this house and they were literally like scrubbing mold off the walls oh, and like gosh. redoing windows and wiring and all this crazy stuff to prep this house. That <laughs> is be. so cool. It's really <laughs> the centerpiece of the movie. Is yeah. It's all about this house and then working through this house and everything. I mean, it's the whole setting. It's a one setting film. So it's, it's kind of crazy the stuff that they pulled off to do this in like a month or so. Wow, I didn't realize that. That's great. That is ingenious. <laughs> and Ingerd, he gets an editing credit in the credits, you know, and he did Godzilla versus Kong, which we talked about. And mm-hmm. I think his stamp of knowing how to put things together is kind of a part of the movie. You know, that basement scene you talked about, like they kind of did that on the fly. Like the set piece they were originally going to do, they weren't going to be able to pull it off. So he's like, they just kind of concocted this crazy scene in the basement. So it's, it's neat to see like their ingenuity going at it. You know, they made it for like half a million dollars. So it's pretty neat. I enjoyed the movie. It was, uh, I didn't know what to expect going into it. So I I kind of saved it till the last moment. I enjoyed it kind of from the start. I really liked the, the girl, the Australian girl, whatever her actual name was, the actress. And, her point of view from everything and just having to one go into this family setting that was obviously horrible to begin with. And then it just gets worse minute by minute that she's there to the point of she's just trying to survive to get out. The thing that's the most fun about going into a setting like that is when the family gets crazy and getting to sit back and watch them argue. Cause even when they were <laughs> arguing after the brother had gotten shot with the arrow and they were, um, the other one guy was still criticizing. He had an arrow in his back, and he was still criticizing his other brother for something else about being fat and not being able to run or something. And- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite moments in the movie is uh, where they're talking about who's the fastest, and he's like, "I'm the fastest, but I got an arrow in my back." <laughs> it's like, what does that have to do with your feet? <laughs> Yeah, you know, so you, you have the dinner scene. He has a very There's highly developed the, image of himself. Yes. <laughs> There's all the improving and the hilarity of the underground filmmaker and all this. 
and Tariq kind of sees something outside, right? And he goes up to the window. It gets nailed in the head with a bolt from a crossbow, right? <laughs> and then everything just devolves into craziness. And they're all hiding and, you know, getting stashed away and they all get away. And then you get what you're talking about, like yeah. a silly brotherly squabble about but it. They didn't even hear the first shot being fired because they were already Childhood squabbling so much. They didn't hear mm -hmm. the arrow hit the window. And it took him stumbling forward to break the conversation, seeing that he was... Yeah, you like see all of them sort of one by one start to notice that this yeah. guy's dying in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that moment when she runs out the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, the way she psychs herself up. Rotted. Yeah. The way she psychs she's, herself yeah. up to be the one. She's like, she's like, you guys never believe in me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's just like, okay, this. This movie means business, you know, from that moment on. For me, like, the moment... So that's a moment of, like, okay, there's danger. This movie will go there. But the moment when she, Aaron, takes out that first guy, the tiger guy... Oh, with, stabs him in the arm the through tiger. the window? I'm talking about when she takes him out with the meat tenderizer hand yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. And when you see her collect those weapons, that's the one that you're like, well, that's the least useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and then she immediately well, just, makes use of it. You know, it's great because it escalates, right? Those you see her heavy, doing though. this stuff. <laughs> you see her doing this stuff and being so calm and collecting the stuff and like work. And then you know, the moment when that guy busts in, that's the moment when usually the person gets killed, and that's when they flip it, and she mm -hmm. kicks his ass. Oh yeah, and and the way she just keeps hitting him with that hammer to make sure he's dead is just like this movie is like a different kind of movie but that's when they told to me that's the moment when it all just flips yeah You're like okay this is an action movie this is die hard mm -hmm. <laughs> for me Bruce too, Willis, you know? the scene where she was she had made it back into the house at one point after getting out and she mm -hmm. had started setting up some traps and she set up the brick above the door that, that was something that i had, was concerned about too like why why did he come through the window instead of just going through the door? Like, yeah. It seems like that would have been a more satisfying yeah. ending mm -hmm. in a way. I don't know. Yeah. I, I totally then again, he, like, gave that dis he gave that despicable speech at the end. That was oh, yeah. oh that was ago. so pitiful. That was such a pitiful oh, speech. Awful. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love that sequence when she takes out that guy. She just kicks him in the nuts. Oh, yeah. Smacks him in the knee with that thing. and just beats his head in. And you just... You don't expect it. None of them expect it. It totally ruins everything they were trying to do. Oh, yeah. Because they expected her to be a typical person, but she has this backstory they don't know about. And it's just, like, really satisfying. And they don't even really go into her backstory other than just her explaining it to the uh, is it Z, the yeah. other girl. Z. And, she briefly mm -hmm. explains and way later it in that the girl's movie. weird enough to want to know why is she surviving. <laughs> exactly. yeah. She has problems. Z has problems. Oh, yes, she does. <laughs> After the mom is dead. <laughs> yeah. She's she's the most despicable character in the film, probably. So what's what's the deal with the horror it's movies sociopath. and the uh, the nudity? It's always it's always there. I can't speak for all horror movies or all. Yeah, it's definitely not always there. Yeah. But but there, you're gonna there is it, a, a psychological connection between between that. Between those two things, yeah. Yeah. I, if you're going to watch the Friday the, movie... the 13th, you're probably going to have some nudity, but yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, not so much. 
the uh, the way it started out, I'm like, she's she's gonna die in the first five minutes. She's she's not wearing her shirt. It's over. <laughs> if you're not wearing a shirt, you're dead. I mean, that's just asking to be laying in a pool of blood. It's just in, in this situation. But I, I did think the opening scene was really interesting, and because at that point, I don't think I connected the dots. I did once the family started arriving, but and she started going later to ask for milk or ask for help or whatever the two different characters and uh but the fact that that, that they took out that guy and that girl and were just you know sitting they're, around their closest neighbors which yeah, was their closest still neighbors which was still you know so they you know a drive no down the street or so yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's just a good setup right there before anything else you know that's going on with the family that this happened nearby God, and how far nearby. from the store do you have to be to ask a neighbor for some milk yeah <laughs> <laughs> very art of war mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. out you know the allies first or you know p- potential allies first before hitting your target i normally don't talk to the movies but the number of times i found myself telling someone to get down to get away from a window <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> How could you stand in front of a window a again after that dinner? Um, Doug, there's a window behind you. <laughs> <laughs> and these people Ryan. just continually staring out these windows. Yeah, the, the windows first guy got hit. You're going to get shot in the face. Oh, um, and speaking of windows and stuff, there was that window seat area that had the curtains that they pulled across. Uh, I guess it was the oldest brother who was shot in the back yeah, of the crossbow. Drake. Yeah, Drake, yeah. who in there. they kind of stashed him in there. And he was able to go by undetected when the killers were walking around until he came to. And then that's the same place where where the main character, the, the heroine, was able to kind of stash herself and then listen in on the conversation and realize what's going on. So this there are all kinds Drake, of really nice setups like that. that I, I really enjoyed. You know, they do the setup with the dad being killed. Yeah. And then moments later you get when Drake emerges from that and they're down in the basement. And that scene is like so crazy. One it's of the like, other funniest like, lines. The uh and he's still, he keeps taking like like, like an awl and screwdriver and, he just keeps and stabbing him. He's like He's like, why don't you just die? Don't you know how hard this is for me? And I'm like, you're stabbing him to death. And you're like, what about me? I think when they kill the mom off is is the most tragic moment for me. I was I was upset that the mom had to go. I think my big problem in the movie though is that how little they all reacted to the fact that the mom had died and they weren't freaking out that one of them was in the house at that point. I mean, did they just... She was like the anchor yeah. the anchor of the family is kind of what they handed out early on. She's like kind of the reason they came together, I yeah. think. The girl reacting, seeing the guy under the bed with the mask and then her just like ditching it and running out of, out of the house. That was the reaction they all should have had immediately when they realized like the mother <laughs> was dead. That was in the, the appropriate reaction. Yeah, so that, yeah. that threw me off a little bit, but I did like how the all the setups like you didn't really know what to expect because like when she, when um the main girl the survival girl she um was in the basement and the other brother heard her in the hallway after he was like crying from he get his brother getting killed the one of the attackers not the the brother from the family um i totally expected her to take that screwdriver or ice pick or whatever it was and jam <laughs> right. it through the um keyhole of the door but that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That That's the thing that got nice you moment, really actually. guessing as to like 
okay, what are they going to do next? Where are they going to go with this? You know, that would have been a nice moment. You should have thought, <laughs> I wish they thought of that. You know, I want that. <laughs> Again, in this bloody disgusting article I had read, uh, Sharni, is it Vincent who played Aaron? Mm-hmm. She said she was kind of basing the character on Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone a bit, like loosely. <laughs> well, it's one hundred percent the vibes he gets when when she's setting oh, which, up the, which, the, the axe trap. Yeah, <laughs> which makes me laugh with the nail trap, right? Yes, because uh-huh. there's that moment in Home Alone that haunted me as a child when he stepped on the nail. I love the nail thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> where they just put all the boards with the nails spaced out like some kind of bizarre puzzle, just hoping he would step. When the guy actually gets up to, you know, the, the window or, the cell or wherever it, it is, they, they he, up, he sees it. it and he laughs and it's like, aha. And then, oh, I there's gotcha. one right down below. Down yeah. That's a total Kevin see. McAllister move. He's like, they'll mm-hmm. see this one and uh-huh. then they'll step on that one. Yeah, because he's a sociopath. <laughs> Kevin McAllister is a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, he is. And I really like um, the music in this movie, too. I feel like oh, the, yeah. the music. The music Especially is as it got later effective. into the movie and it got a little bit more like the techno beat to it. I like Yeah, that they keep up. ramping it up. It like ramps up throughout the movie to like crescendo with the tension. Like it's it's just very effective, especially for like a low budget movie. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like that sticks out like a sore thumb in low budget movies is how crappy the music is. But in this movie it rolls. <laughs> what did you think about the camera work? And the shaky cam. Ooh, there is a bit of shaky cam, isn't there? It makes you feel even, like you're in the moment. I didn't Soltist, even really notice you know? it, honestly. <laughs> I think that it works when there's actually something going on and, mm-hmm. you know, like, like an action scene or, or something. And and it's like you were saying, Doug, like like you're in there trying to get a bearing on, you know, what's going on. You know, eyes shifting around the room or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. there, there were also times mm-hmm. when it was just people talking and it seemed to deliberately be... He had too much coffee that morning. Had he too much coffee that morning. I got to get this. I got to get this on film. <laughs> but, uh, I, I feel you. I don't like it when it's that all the time. There were a lot of scenes where it was used to good effect. And mm-hmm. it really helped with the not only the emotion, but also the action and helping to tell the story rather than detracting from it. Yeah, I feel that is the case with using that effect most of the time is that it is so worried about shaking the camera that I completely lose focus of whatever the story is supposed to be. I'm going to get sick. You're just, yes. <laughs> just watching you talk to guys. Could we simmer <laughs> down? I feel like one of the most iconic like kill sequences in the movie is when she takes out the blender. Oh, yeah. What did you guys think of that? <laughs> oh. I'm curious. Well, I, I thought that it was. You know, for uh, so for such a bizarre way to kill somebody, I thought that it's it was done insane. very organically. Yeah, where yeah. it was just like, okay, I, this is what I have to work with. Smash, you know, smash with the glass of it. Then pick up the the body and the blades and and you know use that. And then oh hey, it has a, it has a plug. <laughs> plug it in. <laughs> Turn it on. Plug it in. I mean, that's the thing. It's like so over the top. And somehow they weave it together so it feels believable that she's just like looking around like, mm-hmm. what can I use in this desperate moment? It's a freaking blender. That, to that is forehead. one thing they do very well is they don't <laughs> they don't give that away too early in really any of the scenes as to what she's going to use in her environment. Ooh, that's a great point. That's a yeah, great point. It, it is still is very available. in the moment because of that. But you're right, though, that it's a movie about 
playing with what you expect according to horror movies you've seen before. And they find all these great ways to hide what they're going to do. And this is, I guess this is the third time I've seen it. And I feel like I picked up on more that they hinted at that I didn't the first time. Um, I was going to say that's, I mean, this is my first time seeing it, but if, you know, and watching it again, I'm sure you could pick up more clues, but I I do feel like they did a good job of really, surprising you as to what they were going to do because like yeah. the scene with her i think she ended up back upstairs at that point uh-huh. for some she went to go check on the dad it's kind of when the jig was up moment is when she realized the dad was dead the guy was coming after her or something and she just like dove out the window like i wasn't expecting that yeah. at all and that was this fantastic just especially because oh. of like everything else that had happened like Okay, she's willing to do anything here. She she dives out the window and then goes back in the house. <laughs> a drop from the second story. Yeah, is it's not nothing. Yeah, <laughs> pulls that shard out of glass out of her and just keeps going. Oh, that that moment is brutal. Yeah, when she pulls the glass out of her leg. Oh my god, that was not a small piece either. Like you expect it to be quick. No, no, that's... and that, and it's like she keeps pulling it out like a magician's like cloth. <laughs> but it's just it's just a giant piece of these glass out of my sleeve <laughs> and, and these are the bone and these are and th- these are leaded glass panes yeah too. you know another thing i like about her character is and this is something i was thinking about today is like she just is who she is yeah like all the film's events take place in like two days I mean, the most of it's in that single night when they're attacked. Mm-hmm. And it's not like she has to endure some atrocities or something that change her or, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like a reactionary thing. It's just like it's her background. And it's like they did not plan for the crazy survivalist Australian chick yeah. who will destroy them all. And it just, <laughs> it just flips everything on its head in like a way that's very enjoyable and surprising. So that, that's why I love this. That's why I was like having to be so careful what I told you guys <laughs> about this movie. Yeah, Like you were saying, I, I did get some Kevin McAllister vibes, but also yes, totally. uh, some some Ripley vibes. There's totally oh, yeah. a Ripley-inspired character. Simon Barrett, who was actually the Tiger Mask and who wrote the movie, said Ripley was a big influence on that character. Uh, yeah, that's, I got that's that. That's a great one to pull out vibe with just how calm she was not that she was enjoying yeah. what she was doing but she she knew what to do and there was very few times that she reacted and screamed or panicked or or just had any kind of mm-hmm. reaction other than what do i need to do to make it to the next moment <laughs> you're yelling at the screen you're yelling at a horror movie at the screen do this do that you know like they in this movie she's actually doing those things which is what's enjoyable about it. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Just kick him in the crotch and beat his head in. And like, okay, she does it. You're like, this is awesome. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Kid. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night.
almost recommended Young Frankenstein. That thought crossed my mind. Don't think it didn't. <laughs> I still feel that's the best Mel Brooks movie is Young Frankenstein. I do. I go back and forth between either, young, young, young Frankenstein and the producers. I was going to say it's either that or the producers. I was about to say that very thing. Yeah, but Zero Mostel, Gene Wilder. Men in tights. Just because nobody ever says men in tights. Oh, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> men in tights. Dave yeah. Chappelle, Hollywood pariah. <laughs> <laughs>